All right, three, two, one. How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to Nerd Stuff with Ian 2.0 podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Ian. And today's episode, as you guys have already read the title, we're going to discuss, you know, should DC Comics reboot? And we're going to do more or less a two-parter. The first part is just DC Comics, the comic book side. The second part will be the DCU, which is the movie and TV show part. And figured it's a good discussion. And it's something I feel like a lot of people recently have had on the mind regards to DC. So let's just jump right into it. So with DC, they usually do what we, what, or I should say what they quote unquote like to call is a crisis event. So usually you've had crisis on infinite earths, infinite crisis and final crisis. Those are the big three crises that really reset a lot of DC. And that was what DC used to really do hard resets so they could get viewers again for their comics. So with Crisis on Infinite Earths, a lot of Charlton Comics characters had been acquired by DC. DC wanted to bring them back. They also wanted to kind of combine the universes. They wanted to add the JSA and they wanted to really and truly just kind of have, you know, a much more restored, easy to follow universe. So you had Marv Wolfman and George Perez be the guys that really revamped all of DC that did the event. Their biggest, you know, claim to fame was arguably the biggest book that DC had at the time that rivaled even Marvel, which was the new Teen Titans. Which, at one point, they, DC and Marvel did a crossover with New Teen Titans and Uncanny X-Men. Which was the other biggest selling book for Marvel. So when you have those two, they did the book. And it had a classic graphic novel that was released years ago. I think my... Yeah, my dad does have a copy of it. it it's a rare find, I'm sure, at this point. But I think if you look around, you might be able to get it at a decent price. But I digress. So Marv Wolfman and George Perez, they were the two guys that led it. And from that, you had John Byrne's Superman. You had, you know, all these other series that came out. And you had, you know, a total restructure of a lot of the characters. And it made it easy for viewers to jump back in because at that point... DC had never done that. You know, they just kept, their number kept going up. So while their comics were in the 300s and 400s, and it made it difficult for a lot of new readers to jump in because now you're like, oh, well, do I need to jump in? Where, where do I jump in? Do I jump in at issue 250? Even though a lot of the issue, comic books back then were not, I should say, difficult to jump into, a lot of people wanted to jump in on number one issues. And that was the big thing. So, of course, that's what DC gave them. And they did a total revamp, and DC extremely benefited from it. John Byrne Superman became, on all honesty, like a lot of people's definitive version of Superman at the time. You know, it, you can tell his, John Byrne's influence really influenced Zack Snyder. And a lot of future... DC movies he did. I know you had Christopher Reeves' 1978 Superman. Was it 78 or 76? 
think it was 78. I could be wrong, but the first Christopher Reeve Superman, I, I hate the fact I can't remember it because I can remember 89 Batman, but I can never remember the Christopher Reeve Superman year. I think it is 78, though. But you had that, and DC wanted to revamp. They wanted to take advantage, so which is what DC did. So following Crisis on Infinite Earths, you did have a couple small reboot events like Zero Hour and stuff like that, but you didn't have another big, you know, multiversal event until Crisis on or until Infinite Crisis, which was run by Jeff Johns and all that. Where the big thing was now the multiverse has been restored, and the heroes know about it. So that was the big thing, and that led into 52, into the new, or not to new 52, but led into 52, which was a one-year event where Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman were not used, which to me was probably one of their better things they did, because it allowed a lot of the heroes, like, you know, Wally West, Hal Jordan, you know, a lot of characters that weren't the big three to really get bumped in sales. And it lets you see, like, what could Avengers without them be for a year? Because they did have to fight, you know, Superboy Prime, who was this insanely powerful version of Superman. And it took everything. You know, it took an old, it took the old Earth 2 Superman and the Earth 1 Superman combined to even put him down. And it ended up with the death of classic Superman. And we were left with. Earth One, Superman. So it was just a lot of things that really came out of that. And you also had the return of Jason Todd, Dude Superboy Prime punching the source wall. You had a lot of, you know, things that were returned and redone. So Infinite Crisis really helped out DC sales. Then, of course, in 2010, you had... Is 2010 or 2011? I think it's 2010. You had Final Crisis, where you had, you know, the death of Batman and then pretty much the return of Batman within that, you know, time span, where within that year you had Dick Grayson take over because they had their final fight with Darkseid, and it was Graham Morrison's big idea. Then from there you had a small event, which was Flashpoint, which was another, pretty much, that was a line-wide reboot completely. It was one of the few that's not a true crisis. And they, they just had a lot of events that would allow them to reboot, reset, and see what happened. And that's when you had the New 52, which was highly successful. And a lot of people really enjoyed it, like, at first. Now, it didn't last long because, unfortunately, the New 52 really got muddled up. And a lot of, you know, classic Superman, stuff like that. A lot of the heroes people had, you know, come to know from the 2000s that had been pre-established with, you know, Jeff Johns' Teen Titans, so on and so forth, had really been reset. And they weren't the same type of character that they originally had, you know, gotten before. And so, of course, it led to a lot of declining titles past, you know, Scott Snyder's Batman and 
Green Lantern, those were the only two titles that really never stopped being top-tier titles. Just because how just because Jeff Johns did so much work with Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps to really rejuvenate that. And Scott Snyder, you know, he did an excellent Batman. He did something different that a lot of people weren't doing, and he didn't make it traditional. You know, his Batman was truly this dark, you know, monster-esque version of it. And the villains and everything like that fit so well. And you had, you know, Greg Capullo, who did an amazing job with the artwork. And I feel like he is probably one of the definitive Batman artists. Like, he's top five. You know, you have him, Neil Adams, Jorge Jimenez, you know, Tony S. Daniel. And I think, i remember one more. There's, I'm always kind of forgetting. I think it's Doug Monk, I believe. Mm. I'll, I'll just put it out there. Greg Capullo is within the top five best, you know, Batman artist out there. And just put it out there. I'll even throw Clayman in there to kind of like give it out there. But there, there's a couple really great Batman artists. Like, Greg Capullo really had fun with it. And he really defined a lot of the looks of Batman and his rogues gallery. So, you had great things with that. But then, of course, you know, with the few, with you only having two titles that really did well, everything else was failing. DC, of course, is like, well, how do we return everything? They had DC Rebirth, which DC Rebirth was arguably the best thing that ever happened. And the whole concept behind DC Rebirth was Dr. Manhattan messed with Flashpoint and he caused the New 52. The world found out about it during an event that was precursor to DC Rebirth, which was Convergence, which I didn't think was too bad. But a lot of people panned it. Like, I read it kind of out of context, like I got the book and I never really, I just kind of read through and I breezed through and I thought it was an interesting tale, but it was not the best. Then of course you had, uh, Lord, I'm trying to remember the, uh, the Brother Eye event that brought in Batman Beyond. Was it? Let me look it up while I'm thinking about it. But, uh, but you had multiple events that really and truly were brought in that or I guess I shouldn't even brought in that brought about you know a lot of inconsistencies and characters which were not defined the way that a lot of people wanted them to be. And it really did truly you know, mess with a lot of people's, you know, opinion of him, or I shouldn't say opinion of them. I should say really left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths when it came down to Batman Beyond, which a lot of people did not feel was done well. You finally got the character that a lot of people have been clamoring for, and arguably it really truly did not end well. In regards to that. 
So you had a lot of that. And then you threw in Dr. Manhattan. And you brought in Doomsday Clock. You had a lot of things that were promised. And it finally kind of paid off with DC Rebirth. DC Rebirth was the big thing. It had a sole story leading up with Dr. Manhattan and why he messed with, you know, so much of the DC Universe. And let's see. Uh, Yep, it was Future's End event. That That was the event that really annoyed people because they killed off Terry McGinnis. And they made Tim Drake the new Batman Beyond, which I read those books. They they were okay. But personally, I don't think Tim should have ever taken up the mantle. They should have left, you know, Terry McGinnis as Batman. But it is what it is. It happened. They weren't the worst books. And then you find out that Terry, of course, was alive. And it, it's a whole thing. I did do a, you know, Batman Beyond playlist. I do need to probably finish that now at some point. But... It kind of goes a little more in depth with that. So, to kind of go back to where we were, you had DC Rebirth, and that had a lot of big promise, and that really brought back in the readers. You, know, you had Tim C- Tim Seeley on Nightwing. You had Tom King on Batman, and a lot of people enjoyed his Batman. You had, you know, Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Gleason on Superman, which was an iconic run that really brought back a lot of viewers and readers to really see a true return to Batman or not should say Batman true return to Superman. Sorry. And giving Superman something that no one had seen before a, a, a true son, not, you know, Connor Kent, a genetic uh, amalgamation of him and Lex Luthor, but a Superman where him and Lois Lane finally had a child. They're from a red, a red sun planet. Superman was depowered. They gave birth to Jonathan, and during the convergence event, that's where you had the return of classic Superman. And if you really want to really see how good that series is, I highly suggest you picking up the you the omnibus or just reading you know the graphic novels. I think they really and truly did give the whole world and DC itself a true return to classic Superman. So they did a lot. Now DC has since then kind of went and just kind of muddled the water again. So now that I've done this whole giant expose of like, should DC restart? What should they do? So I know it's like 15 minutes in. Yes, I do believe DC should just reset. At this point, you know, just go in line-wide, crisis event or whatever, even though they've had so many chances to do it with Doomsday Clock and Dark Knight's Death Metal, which counteracted each other, which was Doomsday Clock ended with Superman being the alpha point where all of the DC universe starts, and Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo's, or Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo, and Dan DiDio's, you know, Dark Knight's death metal, put it as Wonder Woman is the alpha point where all superheroes start. And you had two very conflicting ideas. And if I'm being honest, I'm more aligned with the idea of 
Superman truly is the alpha point. You know, as much as much as Wonder Woman has grown as a character and has been developed, Superman will always be the true alpha point due to the fact that Superman was the first character created for DC. He is the true embodiment and start of the superhero genre. There was no Superman like that before you had the Phantom, you know, Flash Gordon. You had Doc Samson and Doc Savage. You had very Pulp Fiction characters. No one was like Superman. And when Superman came around, he truly changed what the comic book medium and superheroes could become. That's why you see so much of, you know, Marvel and DC and other, you know, comic book entities have truly grown out of that concept of just Superman and made it explode. You know how many Superman-esque characters are out there? So, so many. From Marvel to even DC's allegories. DC has some pretty close Superman, including Superman himself. Like, they've got a lot of them. And it's because Superman's so iconic of a character. So, I'm kind of in line with Jeff Johns. Reset it to where Superman is the alpha point. That doesn't mean Wonder Woman's not as popular or should not be a true alpha point at some point, or at least a pillar of it. But unfortunately, Superman will always be the alpha point, and then Wonder Woman and Batman will always be the other two pillars of the Holy Trinity that embodied DC. Because those three together truly make arguably some of the Strongest and best stories that DC truly can have. So, reboot with Superman. Bring in a great creative team. Personally, I would love to see Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Gleason come back. But currently they have Philip Kennedy Johnson, who's not doing a bad job. But if they did do a classic reset, you could definitely see Philip Kennedy... I could definitely see Philip Kennedy Johnson getting that, that role... Now, I know some people would have an issue if Tom King managed it, which I don't think he would because he's already done his Superman books, which was, I think, what, Superman Up, Up, and Away, I believe. And I would love to see just that. I would love to see a just a classic return to Superman. And even though a lot of people are having issues with, you know, they don't know where to really stand with Jonathan and kind of what DC's done with him. If you guys want to look that up yourselves, you guys can. I think you can make that story work, but you need to focus up on the character. If you want that to be a thing, you need to make sure it's character-driven, not just, unfortunately, how it leans to writer-driven, where the writer is dictating, well, this is my opinion. And it can be very hard in the comic book sense of trying to get viewers and readers when you know you're kind of alienating half and you're not really giving a great consistent story you're it's more along the lines of like this is my thought this is this this is this so of course it brings about you know people not wanting to read the title so of course reboot superman 
you can keep with, you know, the older Jonathan Kent. I would kind of bring him back to the younger Jonathan Kent, have him and Damian grow up more together, really show a different dynamic with that. Because I feel like, you know, Super Sons was such a great series that it benefited from the two of them growing up. And you could really and truly have so much fun with that. And it made differences for Batman and Superman. You know, and then you just build on from there. You know, really reestablishing the Green Lantern Corps. You know, they Green Lanterns kind of do need to get more of a bigger spotlight, which I know they're trying to, but you there's been so many inconsistencies with it with Grant Morrison doing Green Lantern. It's just it's just too much. Line one reboot that and kind of just reset that sale. Uh Flash you can kind of leave alone. Cause from everybody I've you know, heard from, they like, that's a consistent book. Leave that kind of be, you know, they flashes, of course, had a story and John Joshua Williamson had such a lengthy run on the flash. They did everything he wanted with him. So leave him alone. Uh, let's talk about Batman. Do the thing that people would want. You know, I know we got the, uh, the Batman Walmart book, by Brian Michael Bendis, but give the world what everyone knew DC should have done with Brian Michael Bendis and give him Batman, like a definitive line. Now, I do feel like Mariko Tamaki has done a great job with what she has, and I think Joshua Williamson's also done a great job with, you know, trying. they're both trying to really pick up the pieces of what they can. So you can kind of... If you want to leave them as the creative team, I can definitely be okay with that. And you give Brian Michael Bendis at that point, Green Arrow, or another street-level hero. Let him have some fun. You know, let him take it back to more of that noir, you know, Daredevil-esque type story he used to do. Now, I don't know if he wants to do that stuff anymore, because... Unfortunately, he might not be in the same headspace. And that's good and bad for him as a writer. But that's nothing horrible. Because maybe he wants to do more lighthearted, you know, fun stories at the end of the day. Which, if he does, I fully support that. Because sometimes you just don't want to do all those dark, brooding stories like he did with Daredevil. And, you know, a lot of stuff he ended up doing with Marvel. I definitely would love to see him do some of that. And I know he's having fun with Naomi and everything like that. But I definitely would enjoy seeing him mess with more street-level heroes. I feel like him doing the question would be an interesting story. And honestly, just go from there. Reboot everybody. Bring it back. Have Wonder Woman you know, be... Had the return of Diana Prince as Wonder Woman. So no, I think they had Yor Flores, I believe was her name. Or Yor Flor. I think was her name was the new Wonder Woman, which a lot of people liked. I I, I honestly kind of just didn't jump into it. And I meant to jump into it. And I kind of just, because of everything that was going on with DC, there was just too much. So I kind of just didn't jump in. I'll probably end up picking up the issues on Comicsology or something like that later. Not a uh, 
Not a plug to get it. I just that's where I use a lot of my. Di- that's where I read a lot of my digital comics. Is Comicsology, and then just go from there. You know, just restart, have some fun, and then just have a singular point. Whether it is the return to doing Doctor Manhattan, or heck, maybe you do Dark Side, but you need to have where DC has a definitive linear line for at least 10 years. Yes, you can muddy up a little bit, but have somebody ride the ship be like, no, this is our line. We're good to follow it. This is where we're going to stay and go. Like that's where we, that's where we go. We can have, we can lose some characters along the way, but we need to have the linear story that, can define the characters again. Because, I mean, let's be honest here, DC can. I mean, we've seen it with you know, DC Rebirth. We've seen it with DC anime, DC animated universes. They're, they've done so much with that, and it's not impossible to be done again. So, overall, reboot DC Comics. It's what's needed because I don't think Batman, the way they're running it as of late, which is like 50... Coming April, I think it's supposed to be like 53% Batman. I don't think that's healthy for the character because that's going to give massive burnout, which it already is. You know, and also do more different characters with DC Black Label. That's another thing. Take that and change it. I know everybody loves to do Batman stories, but be like, cool. It can only be one Batman story per five issues. That we do five or six, however long person does it. And then everybody else has to write a different character. You know, I know everybody wants to do it. And yeah, you could do probably two DC Black Label Batman S stories. And I don't think it would be bad to do it at the same time, but you would affect your own sales at the end of the day. And I feel like personally, you kind of need to just do more characters that aren't Batman. Because, again, you're going to have major character burnout. So, yeah. I think I got all that out. Hopefully this wasn't some super crazy thing for you guys. And, uh, yeah, hopefully you guys have a good day. And as always, you guys can find me on Anchor or any place you listen to your podcast. You guys can also email, at, email me at nerdstuffwithian at gmail.com. You guys can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at nerdstuffwithian. And uh, yeah, have a great day. Later.